But I do want to stay with that theme of, uh, of the home, and I want to think about that. I want to think about what we call the Christmas story, but the incarnation of Christ and the events that surround it. And I want to think of it in context of a home. And um, let's read some texts, some familiar texts. And I, I'm not going to preach just in this text, but I want, to, I want to start here and get our minds in this direction. And then uh, we'll kind of take this, the entire story as a whole, some out of Luke's gospel, Matthew's gospel. And we may not turn to every, every bit of it, but just kind of take what we know, piece together what we know about this home that Jesus was born into and, uh, and think about that. Uh, it's in Matthew 1, 18. And I don't have any slides or anything this morning. We're all, I told everybody, we're just doing, just look at your Bible and, and uh, I don't have anything fancy today. Just, just a Bible and I'm going to preach a simple message very quickly, all right? Give you what the Lord's put on my heart. Matthew 1, 18. Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And I want to preach on this thought this morning just for a moment on how Jesus changes a home. How Jesus changes a home. Can we get any uh, witnesses in here this morning that Jesus can change a home? He can change a life, but when He changed lives, that's going to change a home. Isn't that right? And I think a lot of times when we think about the birth of Christ, uh, maybe sometimes we overlook it just a little bit, maybe not too much, but sometimes we overlook the fact that Jesus, yes, He was born in Bethlehem, and yes, Jesus was born in a manger, but Jesus was born in a home. He was born in a home. In fact, this wasn't just any home. This was a brand new home. This was a newly wed couple that Jesus was born into. And there are certainly challenges that come along with being a newlywed couple. Do we have any newlywed couples that want to say amen to that? Well, we only have one newlywed couple and they don't want to say amen, so that's fine. But there are challenges. When you get people that are used to doing their own thing and then they kind of live together, there are challenges together. And, and I don't think that uh, Mary and Joseph were any exception to the rule of a newly formed, newly wed couple, a newly formed home. 
In fact, I think they might have been an extreme situation of the rule that they had to face difficulties that you and I or no other newlywed couple will ever know anything about, uh, some of them. Uh, Mary, of course, was expecting a baby before they were wed, before they had come together. Well, that obviously brings some certain challenges and did. In fact, because the whole, the whole situation, the whole marriage was going to be called off altogether like we just read in this text. And so obviously that brings about its own challenges. Obviously these were challenging times for this couple and for this newly wed uh, or well before they were married and then after they were married the problem started and it was all around all of it. But then right after they get married they have to take a long journey. They have to go on a trip. Now most couples when they get married they go on a trip. But it's not for what they were going on a trip for. And it's not in the same situation that they were. They weren't going to the Bahamas uh, for a honeymoon, all right? Uh, they weren't headed to Pigeon Forge like all rednecks do uh, for, or Myrtle Beach around here. And Myrtle Beach or Pigeon Forge, that's where all the rednecks go for the honeymoon when you can't afford a good one. I mean, that's where you go, all right? And uh, no offense. So we went to Pigeon Forge on our honeymoon. So uh, they, That's not the kind of trip they were taking. They were taking a really, 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 really long trip. In fact, if you just Google map it, all right, and they didn't have Google Maps, but if you Google map it, all right, from uh, Nazareth uh, to Bethlehem, you're looking at about, about uh, a day uh, and 18 hours. I think that's just driving is what it is. Uh, and plus uh, all of the, uh, of course they were not driving, they were, uh, they were riding and walking and, and all of the, the, the weather and the, and, the, and the perils and all that come along with it. And then for the reason that they were going, it's not like they were going on this long journey and when they got there they were going to uh, enjoy some time together. They were going on this long journey and when they got there they were going to pay a bill. They were going to pay their taxes. Now, I don't know if anybody enjoys paying bills. I, don't, I know nobody enjoys paying taxes. What if you had to not only pay your taxes, but you had to journey three or four days to do it and then to go? And so I'm just telling you, the whole situation was, uh, was tough. And then she goes into labor, of course, and there's nowhere to stay, and, and they're, in a, they're in a barn, and all the, I mean, just all the things that go along with that. I'm telling you, this was, a, this was a rocky start to their home. And then on top of all that, when all the dust settled and everything was clear, they were left with one of the greatest, if not the greatest humanly, human responsibility that has ever been given to any home, any family. It's not just to raise children. That's a great responsibility responsibility. That is a huge responsibility, but it is to raise the Son of God. It is to be His caretakers, to look after Him and His life. To keep, now listen, keeping children alive is very hard. It's stressful as it is. Can I get a witness right there? But what if this is the Son of God? And this, you think about all the implications and you think about, you know, <laughs> you know not just, uh, it's not just, you know, your home. It's all of humanity riding on, you know, feeding this baby and taking care of this baby. And of course, there was sovereign help. But from a human perspective, you can see how that maybe at times get over, would get overwhelming. You ever get overwhelmed, you know, with the kids and paying bills and all these things that, you know, you kind of snap at somebody a little bit or, you know, throw a toaster or something like that, you know. Hey, it happens. Don't judge. All right. We get a little stressed sometimes. And this is, I mean, this is, this is all, the, all the workings of a home that would just kind of be a little bit tough. Of course, the truth is 
Nothing can quite challenge and change the, the, the difficulties and the dynamics of a home quite like, quite like a baby can. And I can, of course, testify, testify to that, no doubt, recent, recent days. But I think we could say like this. Here's the application that I want to make before we go home this morning, and that's this. I think we could, I think we could say this, that the arrival of Jesus completely changed this home. When Jesus showed up, things were not the same in their lives and in their home life. And isn't that what Jesus does best? Jesus changes everything and he changes everyone that he comes in contact with. He never left anybody the same. They always went away different. Maybe they were mad, but they went away different. Some of them were sad, but they went away different. But those that loved him and those that trusted him and those that embraced him and those that believed him and those that listened to him and those that followed him, obviously their lives were changed in a dynamic way that they could not possibly describe and humans could not possibly put into words. And that's what Jesus does. He changes things. And I want to think about it in context of how Jesus changes a home. Can I give you just a couple of thoughts? Just real simple. This is the simplest thing. But just how Jesus can change a home. First of all, I thought about this. I thought about how the first thing Jesus does is he changes the people in a home. Jesus changes the people in a home. And, and what, I'm, what, I, what I'm meaning by that, what, I, what I'm emphasizing with that right there is, is the individuality that God that God recognizes in this situation. I thought about it as I began just to kind of ponder and think about it, meditate and chew on uh, this Christmas uh, story, this Christmas narrative. I, I thought about how it's very interesting to me that God recognized Mary and Joseph individually before He ever acknowledged them collectively as a home. God came to Mary right through the angel of the Lord. That's in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. You can read about how Gabriel came to Mary. And he told her all the things that were going to happen and all the things that, that was going on and God's plan for her life and God's will for her life. She was all by herself. Nobody else was there. The media was not there. Uh, her parents were not there. As far as we know, her best friend was not there. She was all by herself. And, and even Joseph was not there. God came to to her all by herself individually and did a work in her heart. And she individually on her own had to look at Gabriel and had to say, be it unto me according to thy word. In effect, what she was saying was, everything that you have just said, I am humbly submitting myself to you. In fact, in one place she calls herself the handmaid of the Lord. I am your servant. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And she had an interaction with God in individually on her own. And it is in our text that we read this morning that God later, at a later time, comes to Joseph and deals with Joseph individually. Can I tell you, I believe in household salvation in the sense that God will save a mom and a dad and I believe He'll save your children and all that. But God only does a saving work individually. God must come to each of us individually. And before God can change a home, He's got to change the members of that home individually. God changed the people of the home. 
They each had their own personal experience with God and with the Word of God. Even before they got married, before Mary and Joseph got married, Mary had an experience with God. And then Joseph had an experience with God. In fact, I would say that Mary and Joseph, each having their own individual experience with God, that is what kept them together. That is the only way they were were going to be able to be together. They were going to divide. Joseph was going to put her away privately. Isn't that right? Until God did a work in his heart as well. And can I tell you, that is the only way to keep the home together. That is the only way to keep the marriage together is if mama has had God do a work in her heart and daddy's had God do a work in his heart. And then they come together and they can enjoy Jesus together because they first met Jesus separately. Amen. God changes people That's how God operates. He operates through people. And I tell you, I think there's a great truth here, even for those of you that are yet to be married and those that are seeking a spouse. Don't you try to yoke up with somebody that God hasn't met with and that hasn't met with God. Amen. That's good. Good preaching, even if I'm doing it. It's just a good thought. I mean, that's good. I mean, they they experienced God individually. And the only way to have unity... Can you imagine what discord would be in that home? What distrust, I mean, of course, there probably wouldn't even be a home to speak of, but if somehow they were to have a home, when when only Mary knew what was going on and only Mary had an experience. Man, that's a good song. I'm going to write a song. Mary did know. I think I may write that song. Write that down. The only way to have a home that is in unity and harmony is for each person to know who Jesus is on an individual basis. God come to Mary and said, let me tell you who Jesus is. God come to Joseph, and I know it was through the angel, but said, let me tell you who Jesus is. They each knew Jesus individually before they were able to enjoy Him together. And Jesus has got to be experienced in the heart individually before He will ever be appreciated together in the home. Has Jesus personally changed your life? That's how Jesus changes the home. He changes people in the home. But not only, first, He changes the people in the home, but secondly, let me say this, He changes the priorities in the home. He changes the priorities in the home. Now, I'm not sure, we're not, and I don't want to use too much creative license this morning, but I'm not sure what their plans were and what their priorities were before Jesus was inserted into the picture, but we know all that got messed up really, really quick, don't we? I mean, all I got messed up. I, I, I can imagine. I mean, it seems like to me Mary's just a, a normal girl and Joseph is a normal guy. They're not looking to do anything spectacular. They're not looking to make history. They're just looking to survive in the culture in which they have been born. In that day and age, it's not like you had, it's not like they weren't born in America where you could be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. And I'm going to be great. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be the president or whatever. It's not like that kind of stuff. You, they were born in a place where you did what your daddy did. And that's all you did. And then if you were a girl, you married somebody who's doing what their daddy did. And then you had a bunch of kids. And then you died. There was no, there was no, I'm going to get out of poverty and I'm going to make a name for myself and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do something. There was none of these things. Yeah, and I can imagine that their, their, their expectations are extremely low for life. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, here comes God, just blows their mind. 
I mean, he, he blows everything. Whatever their plans were, whatever their priorities were, I'm assuming their priorities were things like food and shelter and survival and just, you know, propagating the species and just going on with life. And that was what they thought. They just, they just do what you do and, and just go on with life. Everything is always as it always has been and it's always as it will be and nothing's really going to change. And yes, we know about the Scriptures and the Messiah and all that, but, but man, you don't expect all these things in your, in your lifetime necessarily. But God comes into their life and He totally changes everything in their life. Now all of a sudden they have different priorities. Now God has taken them out of the realm of the natural and He has inserted into their home that which is supernatural. And now their entire life revolves around Jesus. And that's what Jesus does in a home. In fact, when they go to Bethlehem, they end up staying there for a couple years probably, they stay in Bethlehem. They just went to pay taxes. But you have a baby, you don't want to travel all that way back up to Nazareth in Galilee with a little baby. You're just going to stay there and you're going to work and you're going to, and you're going to just make a life there because when the wise men come, it's a young child and they're in a house and they're in Bethlehem and so and Herod's trying to kill the babies two years old and under and so J- Jesus is probably around two years old and, and they've been in Bethlehem. Why? Did they plan on living in Bethlehem? No, they didn't plan on living in Bethlehem. But guess what? Priorities changed. It ain't all about them anymore. It's about doing God's will. And guess what? The angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Hey, listen, you got to get out of here. And so you know what they do? They, they, they move to Egypt and they live in Egypt. You think in Joseph's mind, some little carpenter from Galilee in Nazareth in a little bitty, teeny tiny town called Nazareth, do you think in his mind he ever thought, You know what? I might like to live in Egypt one day. Maybe we'll build something next to a pyramid somewhere, you know. It's not in his mind, but guess what? His plans have changed. His priorities have changed. What happened? God put Jesus in his life. Isn't that right? Priorities change. And then guess what? Then they go back to Nazareth when the angel tells them to go. Why? Because priorities changed. What might have seemed important to them before was secondary. Now they are being led by God and by His Word. And now it's all about Jesus and raising Him and doing the will that God has given them to do. And their whole life is about Jesus. Can I tell you, when Jesus comes in a home, your priorities change. You can tell a home that's been changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can tell a home where Jesus is and where Jesus is at and where Jesus is cherished and where Jesus is worshipped and where Jesus is loved. You know why? Because it's not mom and daddy calling the shots anymore. It's Jesus and His Word. And it's all, it's a home. Can I tell you something? You will not regret it. You will never regret building your home, building your life around the Lord Jesus Christ. And that might mean moving in places you never thought you'd live. That might be doing some uncomfortable things you never thought you would do. But when your life is not about money and it's not about big houses and it's not about popularity and it's not about everything this world offers, when your life is about Jesus, people won't understand that. So why do you do it? Why are you going to church on Christmas Sunday on 11 o'clock? Man, I just was be opening presents in your pajamas and watching Frosty the Snowman or whatever it is. Isn't that what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, that's okay, I guess, but not when it's on a Sunday. You know why? Because, hey, we go to church. 
Because our priorities have changed. Amen. What do you mean you give money to missions? You don't spend it all. No, we, man, we're trying to get the gospel out. Listen, people look at us like we're crazy, but what they don't understand is that one day God put Jesus in my home. Amen. And my home's not the same. It's not like all these other homes. I can't just live anywhere I want to live. I can't just do anything I want to do. I can't just spend money on whatever I want to spend money on. I can't just watch anything I want to. I can't just do all the things. Why? Because Jesus is in my home. My priorities have changed. I ain't got the same priorities this world's got. Amen. Jesus changed the people in this home. Jesus changed the priorities in this home. Let me give you another. Oh, by the way, I was going to say this. There's a good little thought right here. Joseph never says anything in the Bible. He has zero words except one that we possibly could try to attribute to him, and it's the word Jesus. That's the only thing Joseph ever said. His name shall be called Jesus. Or verse 25, and he called his name Jesus. That's the only thing Joseph ever says in the Bible, Jesus. His whole life was about Jesus. I can't think of anything better to make your life about than the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have a home? Do you have a home where Jesus is the main thing? What's the main thing in your home? What's the main thing? Is it Jesus? If it's not, then you're selling yourself short. I promise you that. Because Jesus, when he comes into a home, he'll change the priorities in that home. He'll change the people in that home. Let me give you another one just real quick. He changes the problems in that home. Sure does. See, many people think that when Jesus comes into a home, he makes everything easier. No, not quite. He makes everything better, but better ain't easier. Easier ain't always better. Sometimes some of the sweetest things in life come out of the hardest things in life and the toughest things in life. People think that when Jesus, when he comes into a home, he just makes everything easier, everything sunshine and roses. Don't tell Mary and Joseph that. Some of the hardest, the hardest things they ever went through was because of Jesus. In fact, their life was going to be pretty normal, pretty regular. Pretty, I mean, they were just going to hum along and do their thing right there in Nazareth, a little carpenter shop and just a little, little Middle Eastern family doing their thing until God showed up and all the problems we know Mary and Joseph had because of Jesus. Their lives are probably a little bit easier. Don't, don't ever, don't ever cons- confuse easier with better. They're not the same things. See, a lot of people are looking for an easy, easy path. But I'll tell you what, the way of the transgressor is hard. It is, I promise you that. And when Jesus is in a home, he'll change the problems that that home deals with. I thought about a couple problems they had because of Jesus. They had popularity problems. They weren't very well respected in the community, were they? Mary was a virtuous woman. Amen. Mary was a godly young lady. Amen. That's not the reputation she had. And that community, you know why? Not anything she did. It's what Jesus did in her life. Jesus ruined Mary's reputation. And by the way, he might just ruin yours. Amen. It just, it just depends on... See, I don't mind having haters. It just depends on who they are. Some people don't like me. Man, I want to like... My head gets big. I'm like, praise God. You mean they have been talking about me? Watch out now. 
I'm telling you, when Jesus is in your life, He might just ruin your reputation. Don't worry about that anyway. Just love Jesus. Just live for Jesus. Don't worry about that stuff. God knew that Mary was a virtuous one. By the way, that's all that matters is what God knows. People are so concerned about what everybody else... That's, that's the opposite. Mary was the anti-Pharisee. Pharisees were wicked on the inside. They, were just, they wanted everybody to think they were clean on the outside. Mary was one who was virtuous on the inside. Even, and she lived through it even when only her and God believed it. Nobody else did. Jesus was really, really bad for Mary and Joseph's reputation. And if you don't think that thing followed them for the rest of their life, even Jesus, when he was a grown man, during his earthly ministry, they said, you were born of fornication. They still believe Jesus was born out of wedlock. How about that? That that shadow never left. Shadow never left. I'll tell you what, but the favor of God never left on her life either. I'd rather have his shadow. Amen. No doubt about that. You might have, listen, you live for Jesus and Jesus comes in your home. Listen, if, you, if you're trying to get your home to be the cool place and you're the pop, you're even trying to hang out, you want to fit in with everybody in your neighborhood and fit in with everybody on Facebook, listen, I'm going to tell you what, you, you won't like having Jesus around. Because they'll think, oh, man, you're, you're one of them. Kind of weird. Yeah, Jesus is horrible for your popularity, your reputation. Persecution problems. You know, as soon as Jesus was born, guess what? Their, obj- their home became the object of Herod's jealousy and hatred. Unless I'm going to hit this and move on. The presence of Jesus in their home brought with it an automatic enemy. As soon as Jesus was born in their home, and they, 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 they immediately gained an automatic enemy. Can I tell you, let me tell you about your home. Your home can go on and go on, but when you start trying to live, when Jesus is in there and you're, you get saved and you're trying to live for Jesus, can I tell you what you just got? You just got an automatic enemy. You got an insane, jealous king. And I'm going to use a little, he's the little god of this world, the devil. And he'll be after your life. Sometimes we look over them lost people in the mother home and think, man, they just got it easy and they ain't no problem. They ain't got somebody after them like we got. Amen. You got somebody that, let me tell you something, there is such a warfare going on for our homes these days. Listen, we got it. You know why? Because we have an insane, jealous, little G God of this world. He wants to be the big G God so bad. And anybody that acknowledges the big G God as the big G God, the little G God's going to do everything he can to try to destroy that home. And if you're trying to live for Jesus, you mark her down, your home's got a target on its back. Jesus, they were just, he's just a carpenter from Galilee. Now all of a sudden the king wants to kill him? That never happened until Jesus showed up. Yeah, he changes the problems in your home. I thought about popularity problems, persecution problems. How about, I, I didn't know what to call it. I just call it perplexing problems. They, they spent, it seemed like Mary spent a lot of time wondering what was going on. You ever know you say, and Mary pondered these things in her heart. And Mary was amazed, and she wondered, and she pondered. She just over here like, what? And she got the whole explanation. She got it all, I understand that, but... But still, I mean, 12 years old, Jesus, they can't find him. And he's in the temple, and he's about his father's business, and she's just scratching her head. And what in the world's going on? Can I tell you, that's a lot of what happens when you got Jesus in the home. Sometimes you just stand around scratching your head and thinking, I don't know what's going on. But you just got to trust him. You just got to follow him. 
Anyway, I ain't going to preach all that. But They didn't understand everything about the nature of the Father's business, did they? And neither do we, but we just trust them, don't we? Our Lord, you do your work. You're in our home. You're our, you're our priority. You're our treasure. You do your work, and we'll follow you. Amen. It was popularity problems, persecution problems, perplexing problems. And then I thought about passion problems is what I'm going to call it. Luke chapter 2, I believe it is, Simeon prophesies to Mary. Little Simeon. Miss Maddie, you can come to the piano. I'm done. Miss, or little Simeon there is holding baby Jesus. And he, prophe- he gives a prophecy to Mary. Here's what he says. He said that he's going to be a, spy, a, a sign that's going to be spoken against. What he said is they're going to hate him. They're going, to, they're going to hate Jesus. They're going to hate who he is. They're going to hate what he stands for. Is it, is it, did that come to pass? Did that prophecy come to pass? Of course it did. They crucified Jesus, right? But then you said next verse, and I don't if you're there, but I'm not there, but it's the, I think it's in parentheses. And here's what Simeon told Mary. He said, and a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. He said, not only Jesus is going to have the sword pierced through his side, but Mary, when they put that sword through his side, it's going to go through your side too. It's going to go through your soul is what it says. It's going to go through your soul as well. Mary, there is going to be, and listen to me now. How many of y'all, everybody still with me? I'm almost done. There is going to be some pain. And there is going to be some hurt. And there is going to be some sorrow. And it's going to be painful. And it's going to be deep in your life that you would never would have known unless you met Jesus. Amen. There's some hurt. Church hurt, people hurt, ministry hurt, spiritual hurt. People that will forsake you and leave you because you're, you're going to go with Jesus and not go with the crowd. And, all. and there's going to be such hurt in your life that you never would have experienced unless Jesus was put in your home and put in your life. Because when you care and you love, you always risk heartache and heartbreak. That's just what it, that's just how it works. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. He brings a lot of problems, no doubt about it. But Jesus makes every single one of them worth it. When Mary sees the resurrected Christ standing in front of her, I promise you, she wasn't thinking about all the times people made fun of her. When Mary saw the resurrected Lord ascend up into glory with a promise of His return, she wasn't thinking about all of the death threats on her life from an insane king. She wasn't thinking about all those times she stood around scratching her head wondering what was going on. She wasn't thinking about all... She wasn't even thinking about the cross where they, she watched her boy get nailed to the cross. She wasn't thinking about all that. She was thinking about 
out how wonderful and how marvelous it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ and what a privilege it is to serve Him. And can I tell you, friends, when we see the resurrected Christ, when we see Him face to face, it won't matter about any of those things. We won't care about anything anybody said about us. We won't care about any of the heartaches, any of the trials, any of it. All that will matter is there He is, King of kings and Lord of lords, and we'll praise His name forever. Amen. We'll be glad. We'll be glad for the day Jesus changed our home. Amen. Let's stand together all over. Father, we love You. We're thankful for the privilege we have to be in church this morning on Christmas Day. Pray you take this little thought and use it in somebody's life today. Use it in somebody's heart. May we give you glory, give you praise for changing our life, changing our home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.